Good morning. Hey, we're so glad you joined us this morning. Thank you to those of you who are online with us. And especially we want to thank those who are outside. Can we hear it from our outside crew? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, you know, I was thinking about it during worship. And, I, you know, looking through the room. And I don't know everybody, but I know a lot of you. And I know your stories. And, and as we're talking about this sermon, serial, sermon series, Miracles, I realize that every single one of you that is here today, you are a living, breathing, walking miracle. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if we had a day where all we did was everybody got up here with a microphone and testified of the miraculous things that God's done in each and every one of our lives. Man, it would take us weeks, I would imagine, just to get through everybody and all the stories that they could share about what God's done in their lives. And so as we, as we unpack this series called Miracles, I hope that you begin to experience the miracles of God, not only in your own life, but through your life. And so today, um, as we prepare to celebrate the 4th of July, I just want to pray for our nation. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this nation. I thank you for our forefathers that came here. They risked their not lives to come to a new land. I thank you for those ones who came with the purpose of practicing their faith. I thank you, Father, for the framers of our Constitution and for those brave men who put their, their lives and their finances on the line to found this nation. And Lord, you know the shaking that has gone on in this nation for the last few years, but we believe that you are going to do something. And we're asking you, God, to bring revival to this nation. We're asking you to send your spirit from East Coast to the West Coast, from the North to the South. We're asking you to move. We're asking you for a mighty harvest of souls in this nation, and not only here, but in the nations of the earth. We thank you, Jesus, and we ask you to help this nation to fulfill her destiny, that she would send workers into the, into the harvest fields and the nations of the earth, that this nation once again would, would send out the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that she would be salt and light to this world. And we pray all these things in the name above every name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, you know, I love what it says in, the, in, in God's word. It says, Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he did back then, he can do now. Amen? Um, you know, I, uh, as, I was, as I was preparing this message, and as we're looking at this topic of miracles, my hope today that what you would come away with is that your faith would grow exponentially in the God who can do super abundantly above all that you can ever even ask or imagine. That you would believe in the God of the impossible 
And that is my hope today that as we, as we explore this seri- sermon series, that, you, that your faith would grow and that you would begin to believe, wow, God could even do a miracle through me. You know, when Jesus began his earthly ministry, not only did he preach the kingdom of the heavens, but he demonstrated it. And as you look in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, you will see Jesus manifesting the kingdom as he preached. It says, And Jesus went went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed. So Jesus, when he was here on the earth, Not only did he preach the kingdom, but he allowed the power of the kingdom to flow through him because there were so many people in that time. They were sick. They they were tormented. They they were oppressed and and possessed by demonic things. And and Jesus came and and he spoke about his kingdom and then he manifested it in the lives of the people. And you know, I love to hear testimonies about how God brings healing, deliverance, restoration, and reconciliation in individuals, in families, and in even towns and nations. Some people, you know, they believe that miracles, signs, and wonders, that they ended when Jesus died on the cross. They believe that the gifts of the Spirit we're, we're for those days, and they're not for our times. However, I believe that the Holy Spirit prompted Jeremy to develop this sermon series because, he, because God is extending to every single one of us in this place an invitation to walk in the supernatural. To see, and I'm going to tell you, There are miraculous accounts all throughout the scriptures of God showing up and things happening. And and, and they burst forth from the pages of scripture and they range in intensity from an army fighting against its enemies and the sun standing still so they could finish winning the victory to a woman, a widow, whose only son had died. And Jesus shows up on the scene, and things change. Things happen. And that's actually the story that I'm going to share with you today. But if you take away anything from the sermon series today, the idea that I want you to take with you is this. When Jesus shows up, things change. And when you show up, You carry Jesus, you carry his presence, you carry his power with you. So when you show up on the things, uh, on the scene, things can change. Amen? How many of you believe it? Hallelujah. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Our God who spoke the universe into existence by the power of his word is the miracle working God. 
And as we explore today how, how, God, how Jesus raised this, raised this young man from the dead, may we live in awe and wonder of his miracle-working power, his tender, compassionate heart, and may we come away with the understanding that what Jesus did back then, he's able to do in us and through us. Would you please stand as we read God's word? We're going to look at Luke chapter 7. And how about we read it all together? Luke chapter 7. We're going to start verses 11 to 17. This is the portion of scripture we're going to, we're going to look at today. So read with me, would you? Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep and touch the coffin. And those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all. And they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has risen up among us. And God has visited his people. And the report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. You may be seated. This is such a tender-hearted story. And the thing that I want to begin with is that I believe that God is a God of purpose and that everything that Jesus did, he did with purpose and he did with intentionality. I believe that when he woke up that day and he decided to go to Nain, it's because he knew that he was going there, that his father was sending him there. In fact, it says in John that Jesus never did anything except what the father wanted him to do. He spoke the words of the father, and I believe that day he knew that he needed to go to Nain because uh, someone's life needed to change. And so that's the first idea, that God is a God of purpose. And the thing that I want you to understand about our God is that he's not haphazard. He doesn't do anything by coincidence. He went, that, he went to that place, and it says that a large crowd accompanied him, accompanied him. So can you imagine? Here comes Jesus, right, with his entourage. He's got all these people with him. And now, in case you haven't realized it by now, when Jesus shows up on the, on the scene, things change. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. <laughs> I think we all feel this sense of sadness when we come upon a scene of a funeral. I, I don't know about y'all. I'm not from Texas, but since, uh, since Jeff and Harmony are here, um, I, I feel this deep ache in my heart when I know that someone has passed. You know, there's just, there's a deep ache in all of us because death is so final, you know, and, and, and it separates us from our loved ones. And so we, 
And so here's Jesus. He shows up into this city, and here's this funeral procession, right? And, um, and so anyway, the thing that, that, that I, you know, as I'm thinking about this story, I thought, okay, that's sad. You know, he, he comes upon, upon this, this funeral, but then the story gets even sadder because in this particular case, it's not just that a young man died, but it's a widow who's burying her only son. And I think to myself, oh my gosh, like can you imagine this poor woman, right? Like first she loses her son and so she's a, I mean her, excuse me, her husband. Now she's a widow, right? And now she's burying her only son. Like, man, that is heart-wrenching. And, 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 I, and I can put myself in that situation. Like, I can't imagine that. You know, like, in my case, you know, I'm, I'm a single mom. You know, I, I raised my son. I can't imagine. I only have one son. I can't imagine the, the pain of burying my only child, you know? So I, I feel like, man, I could feel this woman's pain. Like, I can't even imagine the, the kind of, of pain that she's going through. I love the fact, like, that, that a lot of people from the town showed up in support for her. And, and one of the things that I wanted to mention to you guys is that I feel like that's really valuable. I feel like it's something that we've lost. Those of us who live in cities, you know, we've kind of lost that sense of community. And, and, I, and one of the things that I love about Journey is that I feel like Jeff and Jeremy have done a great job of creating a sense of community and family so that you don't feel like you're alone when you go through things. But, okay, so here's this woman, and, like, a lot of the people in the town have showed up in support of her. You know, they're weeping with her, you know. And, and, and so here's this funeral procession. And, and the thing that, um, that I love is that the Lord, it, it says in that portion of scripture that we just read that he had compassion for her. Like the Lord was moved with compassion, right? He, it's like he felt her pain. As he comes upon the scene, he can feel the heartbreak of the situation. He has compassion on her. And the thing that we need to understand about God is that he has compassion on us. He sees the things that we go through. He's not oblivious to what you're going through in your life. Our God is a God of compassion. And, and, and that's one of the things that I love about our God. He's not like way far up in the third heaven, indifferent to us and what we go through in our lives, right? And I love what it says, <clears throat> I love what it says in um, Revelation chapter one. I find so much, I'm sorry, Revelation 21. I find so much comfort in these particular scriptures. Revelation 21, verse four. It says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, 
for the former things have passed away. And I love that. I love that scripture because when we understand God's heart, even though he sees, he's compassionate, and he sees the pain, he sees the sorrow, he sees how death and being separated from our loved ones, how it it breaks our heart and it crushes us, Yet his plan at the very end of the story, this is like the second to the last chapter of the end of the book, his whole goal is that he's gonna wipe away our tears. He's gonna take away, there's gonna be no more death, right? That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to deal with death. He came to conquer death once for all, right? And I, and I find that so That gives me so much hope, and it gives me so much encouragement. And he he offers to wipe away the tears from our eyes. And you know, uh, you know, all of us, all of us experience death in our lives. You know, we all do. It's a part of life, right? We all lose loved ones. Uh, We all know that one day we also. Um, are going to die. And it, it's, it, it's a part of our life. But there is going to be a time where we're no longer going to have to experience death. And I know there's many people in our midst who've lost children. I, I personally know the stories of several people here in our congregation. And maybe even some of you outline, uh, uh, online or outside, you've lost a child. And you know, they say that that's one of the most painful experiences that you can have in this life. And um, here's the thing that I've learned, though, is that when I experience a deep pain or a deep tragedy in my life, I can invite Jesus into that place. I I can invite him into the deepest places where I've experienced pain, And I can trust him to come in and to give healing to that place and to bring comfort to my heart in that place. And so that's what I've done. And those of you who've lost, those of you who've lost loved ones, you've lost family members, you've lost a child, um, I, I I encourage you, I invite you to allow Jesus, because guess what? He can comfort you like no one else can. He can bring comfort to those places, right? And, you know, it's really interesting. We're talking about miracles, and I know God is a supernatural, miracle-working God, but what about the times when we don't get the miracle? You know, what about the times when the person dies? What, What do we do with that, you know? And... You know, I, I, I want to go back to, you know, a, a time when I was living down in Mexico. I was down in Baja, California. I was doing some mission work, and, and, and I was working with people, you know, just loving on people. And, and, and I remember one of my friends, her name's Rosa, and she was a grandma. She was a brand-new grandma. And this one morning, you know, I, I get a call from her, and, and she's like, can you please come? Like, and can you, can you help me take our, my grandbaby to the hospital because the, because the baby quit breathing, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh. So like I jump in my truck and I rush up, you know, the hill and I, and I get to the house and they're not there. And then I'm a little bit annoyed. I'm like, dang, you know, like 
I come over here, they're not here, like what's going on? So then I make a beeline to the hospital, right? And then I, I go to the hospital and, um, and I find Rosa, I find her daughter, and, 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 they, and the baby is, is in an incubator, she's in, the, she's in the ER. And so I ask permission to go in. I said, may I please go in and pray for the baby? The hospital lets me in. I go in, I lay hands on the baby, and I, I ask Jesus, I'm like, Lord, heal this child. Like, you are the God, you know, and I'm praying in all faith that God would heal this child, that he would do a miracle over this child. And then, and then the, 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 the grandma and the mom, they ask me, they go, hey, will you go try to find my, you know, the, the dad, go find the dad, you know, so that we can let him know, because basically, we're out in the middle of nowhere, and they're going to they're gonna send this baby in an ambulance to Ensenada where it can get some, you know, some solid medical treatment because we're like out in farm country out there, you know. There's, there's doctors and stuff, but they got stethoscopes, you know, and not a lot of equipment. So anyway, so I go, I get in my car, and I'm going to go find this guy, you know, find the dad. And then all of a sudden they call me, they're like, come back. So I like, you know, I make a U-turn, I come back. And I walk up onto my friend Rosa, and I can hear the mom. And she's wailing. I can hear her inside the ER, and she's wailing. And as soon as I walked up, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, I was like, I didn't even know what to do. I didn't know what to say. And no one had to tell me. I knew what happened. And all I could do was hug Grandma Rosa. Like, I could just hug her. There were no words. I, I couldn't fix it. I couldn't, t- you know, there's nothing I could do except weep with this family and hold them in my arms. And although that day I didn't get to see a supernatural miracle from God, I was there in a moment with a family who experienced some tragedy. And I'm going to tell you something. Ever, ever, every time I saw that family after that, they looked at me with such love in their eyes because I was there and I was Jesus to them. In a moment when they were going through such a painful loss in their life, and they looked at me like, thank you so much for being there, you know? And, and so, I mean, I, I, I know I, I, I just want to share that with you because I know it is painful when we don't get the miracle, when we lose the, the child or we lose the loved one, right? But here's the thing that I know, is that what happens during those times is, is all of a sudden the enemy comes to us and he begins to tell us, God doesn't really love you, or God's punishing you for what you did. He starts coming in with all these lies and telling you bad things, telling you lies, because God didn't show up and he didn't do the miracle. And that's the challenge for me, for, from me to you today. Don't believe it when the enemy comes and says, oh, because your child didn't get healed or because the miracle didn't happen. This is the, this is the thing that I've learned to do. You pray in faith for the miracle. You know that God can show up. But you know what? It's not my responsibility. The results are not my responsibility. I leave the results in his hands. If he shows up in a miraculous way and powerfully, you know, raises a dead or heals the sick or does something miraculous, all glory to him. 
And if he doesn't, yes, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, all glory to him. And if he doesn't, praise the Lord and thank him because he knows why. I don't know why. And I don't know about you all, but sometimes I'm like, I think when I get there to heaven, if there was a question I might ask God, it's like, why? Why, why did some get healed and some didn't? Why did some die early and some, you know, why, Lord? And, and, and probably up there, I'll be so astounded at, at the way he worked things out so beautifully and through all those situations that it won't even matter at that point, right? So anyway, I just wanted to, I just wanted to give you a word of comfort and encouragement for those of you who have lost, lost, lost loved ones to allow the God of all comfort to comfort you and heal you when you experience tragedy. But now we want to move back into this story of this woman at Nain. So, I mean, Jesus shows up, he has compassions on her, and then he tells her, don't weep, like, don't cry. You know, he, he's wanting to comfort her and take away the tears from his, her eyes. Why? Because he knows what he's about to do. And I loved what he sa it says. It says, he comes up and he touches the open coffin. He shows up and he touches the open coffin. And I love that because the, the pallbearers, you know, the guys who are carrying this man's lifeless body, they stood still. It's like all of a sudden you can feel it. It's like they're holding their breath, right? They're, they're like, what's going to happen right here? And, um, and so it says they stood, they stood, they stood still. And then all of a sudden, Jesus speaks to that young man. And he says, I say to you, arise. And the miracle, rele the miracle releasing power of God shows up. And it says, he who was dead sat up and began to speak. Isn't that something? Man, like a man, he was dead. A mom is burying her son. And all of a sudden, this young man, he sits up. And he begins to speak. Who knows what he said? You know, I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I don't know. Where's my mom? I don't know what he said. But it says he began to speak. And, and, I, and I love this, you know. Um, when Jesus shows up, things change. When he shows up on the scene, we literally go from a funeral procession with a mom who was weeping in a hopeless situation, but Jesus shows up and he brings life. He brings hope. He brings resurrection power to a situation that in the moment before was completely sad and hopeless. Amen. I love that about our God. And, and look what it says here. It says he, he presented him to his mother. Man, that's such a, can you imagine that tender moment? Can you imagine like, oh, you go from like, you're like weeping and wailing and sad to like Jesus is like bringing your son back to you. Like, can you imagine that? Like, it would take your breath away. You know, you wouldn't know whether to laugh or cry. You wouldn't know what to do. It's like, all of a sudden, my son, he's giving me back my son. Like, that's so powerful. That's so beautiful. And then it says, fear came upon all, and they glorified God. 
And I believe that that is the appropriate response. When Jesus shows up and he brings life to the dead, I believe it is the appropriate response to glorify God, to praise him, to give him glory, honor, and praise. Because, and then they said, God has visited his people. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I'm telling you, when God shows up, things begin to change. And honestly, like, I don't know what you're dealing with in your life. I don't know your struggle. I don't know your personal life. But when, when Jesus shows up, things change. The depressed, they get healed. The addicted, they get set free. The broken, they get restored. When Jesus shows up, things change. And you know, um, and then the next thing the people, the people said, a great prophet has risen up among us. A great prophet, why? Why do they call Jesus a prophet? Well, you know, if you think about it, they knew the Old Testament. They knew the stories, right, in the, in the Old Testament. They had heard the stories about, like, say, when God told his people to march around Jericho, you know, a certain number of times, and then everybody was going to shout, and the walls came down, right? They, they had heard the stories about Elisha, you know, there was this one time when Elisha, when a little boy died, and, and, and this lady called Elisha the prophet, and she said, Elisha, my, my, my son and my, my little boy, he, you know, he died, and Elisha gets over there, and he lays on the child, and he prays for the child. The child comes back to life. They're like, oh, there's a great prophet in our midst. Like, uh, we, know, we know about um, the story of Elisha. And so the, things, the thing that I love is that when we, bring, when, when we allow God's miracle-working power to operate through us, so in other words, we get to experience miracles when God shows up. But then the other part that I want to leave with you is that also um, we get to also be the instruments in God's hand to allow him to do a miracle through us. And that's kind of what I want to talk about, kind of to just wrap up this message. And so, sorry, I lost track of my notes here. I'm all over the place because I, I leave my notes and then I get lost. Just ignore the notes. Um, anyway, I guess what I'd like to do right now is I'm, I'd, like to, I'd like to introduce you because I, I titled this series, come on up, Donna. I titled, entitled this series, A Modern Day Miracle. And what I, wanna, I want you to hear about today is the miracle working power of God in, in our times and how God showed up and did a miracle in Donna's life. I, I've been um, ministering with Donna for about a year and... I know that some of you know, come on up. I know that some of you know that in December I broke my ankle. And so I was, I was struggling and it was hard. And then I heard Donna's story. A few, a few weeks later, Donna and Mike Morissette got in this horrific motorcycle accident. And, and I, I want you to hear the miracle working power of God in Donna's life. Did they give you a, a microphone? I'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. 
think that's on. Check it. Is it on? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start out with a, um, a scripture because it's really, really important to me. It's how it helped me get through this accident I was in. Uh, Hebrew 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So um, December 18th, I was in a motorcycle accident, and um, I broke 15 bones. Um, so that was about six and a half months ago. I broke my ribs and uh, dislocated my rotator cuff. Um, all the tendons were blown, the bicep, uh, both shoulder blades, uh, my foot, my hand. So it, I was pretty messed up. But, but I spent 23 days in um, Harbor, UCLA. Uh, in those 23 days, nothing was medically done for me except for my hand. Um, so it was pretty horrific, but my family, uh, my friends, my family in Christ, and my black sheep, I'm with the black sheep, we're a motorcycle ministry, so we're actually missionaries. Um, but they were my life support, basically, and of course, Jesus. Um, during the daytime, they would come in, everything would be great, they set up my room um, to a beautiful Christmas scene, and I shared the room with four people. The nurses and staff were so overworked, uh, they couldn't get to all the patients. I didn't have a shower, I didn't have a toothbrush, I didn't, didn't get to do anything uh, in those 23 days. Um, so at night, nighttime, it got very dark for me. And I couldn't hold my Bible because both arms and my left leg, I couldn't move. It was just my right leg that I had feeling in. But through praise and worship and prayer and God, God's just remembering God's words and his scriptures, my faith grew exponentially. I was always full of joy in that room. Um, the dark times, Jesus pulled me out of it. Uh, the Holy Spirit was with me continuously. Um, so I had no medical, the nurses came to my room and they would decompress during that time. They would be able to listen to worship music, we'd talk about our father, we'd talk about their wishes, their hopes. It was an amazing place to be and it was all because the Holy Spirit was in that room with me and it was due to my faith that I knew that they were gonna bring me through this. Yep, so 23 days, um, I wasn't there for medical, I was there to help the nurses and the doctors and just to feel, feel, feel the presence of God. Um, so they finally moved me uh, to Thousand Oaks and I moved into a rehab facility because I had to learn how to transfer from using one leg into a wheelchair so I could start rehabbing before I had my first two surgeries. Um, and the doctors and nurses came in and said, my room was always the happy room. It was so filled with joy. And again, that's faith, that's Jesus. There is no other, no other way, it's a miracle. He was always with me 24 seven. So I had my hip surgery. I was only in a wheelchair for maybe a couple days. Then I was on a walker uh, and, um, and then I was walking. <laughs> and, my uh, black sheep family would come and visit me. They'd sneak me out to the parking lot so I, could <laughs> so I could be with them. And that was the best medicine, having my family with me 
and um, just knowing that they were there and the faith. It was just all about faith in God, faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit being wrapped around me and filling me with joy at all times. Um, so then I had my surgeries. I had two here. I have a whole new, I'm, I'm the bionic woman on my hip. And, and uh, then I had rehab. And then I had to wait for a couple more, about three months until they actually could fix my shoulder. And so that's in a work in progress. My doctors say I'm a miracle. There's no restrictions left on my hip. Um, it's only been five weeks of my surgery and or since rehab started and my so shoulder doctor says I can go back to work and that's a miracle. So this whole thing has just been, I've been blessed by God and it's because it's my faith. Um, and my faith has grown exponentially since all this happened. It was amazing. And so I just want to end with, although I have been through many storms in my life, I put my faith in Jesus. I found the more my faith gets tested, my faith grows stronger. So t tested faith is valuable and centered on love. That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you so much, Donna. Love you too. Thank you for sharing. Bless you. Yeah. Now I got to tell you, um, Don, we had Donna and I and the black sheep, you know, we go and we do this outreach at the Women's Lighthouse. And the first time I saw her after, after her whole ordeal, I was still walking with a limp. I was like this, you know, from my little broken fractured ankle, you know. She walked right up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe like you're here and you're not even limping and you're doing so well. And so I believe that God did a supernatural miracle in Donna's life. And as she put the worship music on, as she prayed, as she, she gave God her body, her situation, as she could do nothing, God showed up in that hospital room and he ministered to her. He healed her body. And not only did he minister to her, but the staff there would come because they could feel God's presence in that place. They came because there was joy and there was peace in her room because she had invited the God of the universe into that place with her. And he ministered to her and through her in a, in a very difficult, tragic time in her life. And so what I wanna leave you with today is that not only did Jesus manifest miracles after he preached the gospel, but I love what it says in Matthew chapter 10, verse seven and eight. It says, and as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And verse eight, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And these were Jesus' instructions to his disciples. First he did it and he showed them how. Oh, I'm not using that. First, first he did it and he showed them how. And then he told his disciples, now you go out and you do it. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. What you've received from God, give it away. And that's what I wanna charge you with today. Give it away. And, and I don't know if you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, 
but that's the very first miracle. It says in the scripture that when we were dead, when we were walking in our trespasses and sins, that we were dead. And he came to give us life. And so if you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an invitation today to invite Jesus into your life because he is the God who raises the dead. And so why don't you, if you, if you want to receive Jesus today, I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross to deal with all of my sins, all of my mistakes. And thank you, Jesus, that you rose from the dead to give me new life, to make me a new person, a new creation. And Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I no longer, no longer want to live my life apart from you. So come and write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us.